Hey guys, this is John Barksell, and I just want to tell you, if you haven't listened to the Three Ball Podcast, you're missing out on a host that's headed for brighter lights and bigger things. Galt Goldman has a plethora of accurate statistics, and his sports acumen, acumen is second to none. Look out, Stephen A., Skip, Pollock, Cowherd, Patrick. He's next. Catch him now so you can say you were there in the beginning. Hello, and welcome back to the Three Ball Podcast today. Uh, I'm going to have John on the podcast in a little bit, so me and him can do our one-hit wonder thing. Um, but before, I'm, it's just going to be me, and I'm going to be talking about uh, Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Uh, is Russell Wilson done in Seattle? Who J.J. Watt should go to? Uh, the Nets beat the Lakers the other night. I'm going to be talking about uh, who I think, what I think is going to happen with the Nets and uh, Kyrie and that big three. And what I think about LeBron and the Lakers without Anthony Davis. Uh, and also, Luka, Don, Luka Doncic hit a game winner against the Celtics last night. So we're going to be talking about that in segment two when we have John on. We're going to be talking what we think of Dak, um, the, Can, the Cam Newton incident. We're going to be talking about that because John is a former football player himself. And he can provide some insight on uh, how basically professional guys deal with stuff like that. Um are the, should the Browns commit to Baker Mayfield? Uh, will UGA be in the Final Four next year? And the one-hit wonders. I already got mine, and we'll find out John's when uh, when we get to the when we get to the break. Um, so let's start off. Carson Wentz is not going to get number eleven in Indianapolis. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. came out and said, "Yeah, listen, you ain't getting number eleven. We talked about it. He ain't getting it." Um, which, it depends on how you want to view it. Is it disrespectful? I don't think so. Uh, Carson didn't do anything last year to prove that he just deserves to get a number handed to him. Michael Pittman played very well last year for a rookie. I think he definitely deserves it. He picked that number for a reason. Uh, last year, Carson doesn't get to just roll up in here and take a number. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Drew Brees. He's not Brett Favre. He's not Shannon Sharp. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's, he's, he's just not the man. So, uh... Ultimately, uh, I think it's right that he shouldn't get the number, and we're just going to stick with that. Also, I want to throw in, I'll probably talk about Impact Wrestling a little bit uh, before we go, before we cut to the break. I just want to let you guys know that. Uh, So now, moving on, is Russell Wilson done in Seattle? Now, obviously, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, the former offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, has come out and been like, uh, Pete Carroll didn't like the way I called the games, and he didn't like the way we won games with offense. We know Pete Carroll's a, a strict defensive guy. He likes playing uh, solid defense, and that's how you win football games, the Bill Belichick way. Well, when you ain't got a defense, you can't really do that. And Belichick usually has a solid quarterback who can throw the ball around, but you can still win with defense. Because he builds up that defense. The Seahawks have not built up that defense. And you can't win with defense in Seattle. Um, Russell has... I don't know if Russell is done in Seattle. I think maybe next year will be the determining factor on what happens. Uh, To be honest, I don't think he's done this year. But I think he might be gone the year after that. Just because... I mean... I don't know who who all wants to live in Seattle. That's a tough place to live. I don't really know. Um, who now? Let's move on. Who JJ Watt should go to? Obviously, JJ Watt was released by the Houston Texans. I haven't really talked a lot about JJ Watt, mostly because I do believe he's out of his prime, and I don't know if he'll be a big game changer. 
Uh, but and let's talk about him a little bit. He's big tire flipper, as you know, if you watch those Instagram videos. Um, he's a big tire flipper. And I don't know. Obviously, the Browns could be a good match for him. Be on the other side of Miles Garrett. The Rams could be a good spot for him. Uh, imagine J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald, two of the, the best defensive players of this generation, definitely. Um, Steelers, him and his brother. There are a couple of Patriots. Def- I mean, Belichick's never really had an amazing defensive end in his prime. And, and J.J.'s not in his prime, so it might fit the Patriot way, so to say. Uh, there are a lot of good spots he could go to, and I could see him landing with any one of those teams. Um... The Nets beat the Lakers the other night. Uh, Kyrie got the better of LeBron in their in their night. Uh, the Nets did not have Kevin Durant, and the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis. Uh, so he, he, we got to see the Nets with their their two and three players because Katie's the one on that team, and we got to see the Lakers with the one. Um, Nets won pretty. Pretty handily, I I think. Um, I don't know. The Lakers are lost without Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Davis really, he wasn't playing amazing this year. Uh, I mean, he's an all-star, but he wasn't playing amazing this year before he went down. Um, but I, the Lakers just don't have a second score on the team, a consistent score. And that's going to be a problem if you got to go deep into the season without Anthony Davis. They've lost. They've lost like four out of the. They've lost four out of the last five games when I'm recording this, or something like that. So it's not looking good. The Nets are on a roll. Um, they are playing very good. Speaking of teams on a roll, the Wizards have won like five in a row when I'm recording this. So congrats to the Wizards, my boy Denny. Uh, he had a pretty clutch three the other night. So that's really good for him. Glad he's hopping on the, hopping on the. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a hooper now because they're the Wizards coach is horrible, but. Whatever, I could coach the team better probably because I just give the ball to Denny all the time. That's just me though. Um, I think the Nets will be fine. KD come, KD should be coming back pretty soon, so I think the Nets are fine. Um, now Luca hit a game winner against the Celtics last night, or when I'm recording this, it was last night. But you guys all know the shot. Uh, very good shot. Uh, contested, double teamed, makes makes the same shot he made over uh, Reggie Jackson in the bubble. Very cool shot. Uh, game winner. Celtics don't score after that. I know that for sure. Um, so now I'm going to talk about impact a little bit. And before we get into the next, before we get into segment two, I'm going to talk about impact. Impact last night, pretty good show. Um, didn't really watch the moose fight or the moose one, the moose, the moose match, because I, I'm pretty sure I knew moose was going to win. I don't even know if moose did win. I'm Almost positive he did, because there's no way he's going to drop the title they just gave him. Um, and the worst part of the Impact shows is seeing Tony Khan's ugly mug all the time. He's like, watch AEW, which I'm going to watch tonight, because AEW, i got to write, a sh- I gotta write uh, tomorrow's podcast. It's going to be about AEW and some other sports stuff going on. So, yeah. So, obviously, I'm going to watch AEW tonight. Uh, Shaq's going to be on AEW on, like, March 3rd. Uh, the Big Show was signed to AEW, a.k.a. Paul White. Um, Big Show's like 49. I don't, they said he's going to be competing in the ring and commentating. They also said there's going to be a Monday night show for AEW. I really don't know why they're doing that. Wrestling is a lost art. It's a dying sport. You should... <laughs> you don't... 
wrestling should have. If you want wrestling to come back, then you probably need wrestling every night. AEW should move to Thursdays, or NXT should move to Thursdays. Because you don't need competition. Wrestling is a dying sport. You don't need certain brands to have competition for one another. Um, We've had two Monday Night Wars before. The third one, I don't know if it's really going to be a Monday Night War. Um, If you don't know the two other Monday Night Wars I'm talking about, uh, WCW versus WWE was a Monday Night War. In fact, I have a podcast episode about that. Uh, Not so much all about Monday Night Wars, just things WCW did that uh, WWE did better. And that's why WWE ended up winning the Monday Night Wars. Um, Then there was even one when TNA came around. Uh, TNA hired Hulk Hogan. I have a reaction episode with uh, Hulk Hogan's uh, first day in TNA. I reacted to that with my boy Connor. Uh, That one was pretty funny, so you should check that one out if you haven't listened to it. Uh, but TNA had a little Monday Night War going, and the TNA roster was way better than this AEW roster, so I don't understand why we're going to put comp- terrible, boring wrestling on Monday Night Raw versus terrible competition at AEW. That, that's not a big ratings draw. There's no Monday Night Wars anymore that's going to turn ratings around for either one of these people. Uh... NXT should move to Thursday, and we should have wrestling on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it creates no competition for any brand. You get your nights of wrestling, and that's how you... And, you know, kids can watch it if they want to. I think I'm a firm believer on Raw moving to 7 to 10, so kids can watch it. Because that's where your main audience is going to be in the PGA, or kids. Um... 7 to 10 is what Raw should move to because uh, on that third hour at 11, which it has, which it's at currently, your kids start going to sleep. It's school nights, so I would suggest 7 to 10. But WWE is never going to listen to me. Uh, and so you get, because every other show is two hours. You got uh, Impact Wrestling, which is probably the my favorite show out of all of them. Uh, 8 to 10, the worst part of the show is Tony Khan. You got uh, NXT and AEW on Wednesday night, which I don't think should happen. Move NXT to Thursday, and you have AEW on Wednesday, 8 to 10. NXT on Thursday, 8 to 10. And Friday Night SmackDown, 8 to 10. Which cre- which doesn't create uh, wars against each other. Um, AEW would probably get a one... AEW would probably be pushing one... If they didn't have NXT for competition. I do believe NXT and AEW both get around 700,000 watchers those nights. So if you take away NXT, I guarantee some diehard WWE... There are probably a lot of diehard WWE people who aren't going to watch AEW. So AEW is probably going to push around a 1.2... 1.4, 1.3, somewhere around there on Wednesday night. NXT is probably going to push maybe a 1. So I think that creates less... It creates more buzz for wrestling, that you have wrestling on every night, Monday through Friday. I don't think you need wars right now because it's a dying sport as is. And that doesn't help the business, so to say. In my opinion. Now, that's just my opinion. Uh, some people disagree with it, and I got no clue why. Personally, that's how I think it should be run. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's going to be it. Uh, you're about to hear the uh, advertisement, and then we're going to get into segment two with John. And so, 
See you after the break. Uh, welcome back to Three Ball Podcast. Welcome back from the break. Now we have Johnny on the podcast. John, what's up? What's up, man? Okay, so uh, we're gonna start off with uh, what do you think about Dak? Do you think he's gonna come back stronger than ever, or is he gonna be a shell of his former self? And what do you think the Cowboys should do with him? Oh man, I hate to be the Jones family. I think he's gonna get the tag. Um, there were already some. Yeah. Question marks there uh, prior, and then this leg, and I think we were talking before the podcast, it's his drive leg. Like, it's the leg yeah. he drives the ball with. And, I mean, I don't know. And he's always, he's always been a thick guy. Like, weight becomes an issue. Like, when you're a heavy guy on a, on a bad knee, yep. and how he maintains his weight throughout this will be interesting. Yeah, personally, I, uh, it's tough. I mean... I probably would have re-signed Dak a year ago on because it would have been cheaper. And now that we see Mahomes getting a big deal, yeah. uh, Deshaun Watson got a really big deal. I would have tried to sign him a year ago. And the the only thing I hate about the salary cap is the Redskins did this. Well, they're not the Redskins anymore. They're the football team. Yeah. But back when they were the Redskins, Kirk Cousins ended up getting franchise tagged twice. Each time was worth $40 million. He ended up getting paid $80 million in the span of two years. And then the Vikings ended up giving him an like, $80 million contract for four years. Yeah. And so you paid him the same amount for half time. And his, his heart probably wasn't in it because he's like, you're not even giving me a long-term deal. And if I get injured, then, you know, it's probably not going to end well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, hopefully Dak will be back and better than ever. That's my hope. And then hopefully he gets his money. One thing that is looking good for him is that Jerry Jones freaking pays everybody that yeah. walks around in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. That is true. Even Tony Romo in his last eight years or three years played two games yeah. three years. Marcus Ware was like 85 and he, had, he was getting 20 million. Yeah, Jerry Jones will pay anybody as long as, as, long as you're family. That's right. Um, Cam Newton got in a, not really, not a physical altercation, but a wordy altercation with a fan where uh, uh, it was, well, it's not really a fan because he was roasting him. But uh, they were at like a tournament or whatever that Cam was hosting. And a kid was like, hey, man, you suck. You're a free agent. <laughs> Which, you know, technically Cam's not a free agent until a certain day. But, yeah. you know. And then Cam's response was, well, I'm rich. Uh, he didn't kick the kid out of the camp. He just wanted to talk to his dad. The kid apologized. Um, personally, if you were if you were an NFL, former NFL MVP, Cam Newton, I feel like I would have been more pissed at this situation. I would have probably thrown the kid out of the camp if he's going to disrespect me in my own camp. Uh, what would you have done? <laughs> yeah, I think it, for me, now I'm going to sound like an old man, but it, it goes back further for me. Somewhere along the lines, like this generation of youth is the arrogance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think even even 10 years ago, five years ago, no one would even ask an athlete like that. You'd have never seen that in the 90s or the 80s, 70s. Yeah. No one's going to ask Larry Bird, like, hey, you look slow moving up now. <laughs> you know, there's just a, a level of respect nowadays that's missing. Um, I get mad when I would have, I would, when I went back to coach school, you know, high school ball, hey, why didn't you go pro? Like, hey, why don't you start for the JV before you start talking? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. guys are just so quick to be critical nowadays, not knowing what it takes. Um, yeah, I think that's highly disrespectful. And I, I, 
wish Cam would have kind of roasted him back a little more, you know? And yeah. Said, Where's your highlight tape, kid? Um, well, the kid does have a highlight tape. It's a minute and 30 seconds. Of right. his, he's a junior, too. A minute and yeah. 30 seconds. <laughs> Uh, but one thing I'd like to point out is I, he apologized for being disrespectful and then he was like, well, it was the, he, I'm a competitor. It was the heat of uh, competition. And my personal opinion is now I, 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 I will, obviously I'm not going to freaking football camps anymore or whatever. So, and even if I want, it's not like I'm going to go up to David Green or DJ Shockley and be like, Hey bro, you're trash because you were a backup for 10 years in the league. Yeah. Um, but as me doing this, I, I've said a couple times that Cam is better than, definitely better than the average person, better than yes. 99% of people. But in NFL standards, it looks like he's washed. And uh, personally, my thing is, if I disrespected you, then I will apologize for being disrespectful. But I'm not going to apologize for my opinion, because obviously this kid thought Cam has, yeah. is done. But but you you said it a different way. Like, yeah. It's like sports critics saying I think a guy is is past his prime and his better days are behind him is different from saying, "Hey, bro, you're you're ass." You're you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's just a little hard. Like have some respect on how you do it. Like you said, yeah. he's a former NFL MVP. He won the Heisman Trophy. He's yeah. won the Super Bowl. So yeah, I I would uh you could Cam would be an interesting topic in general. I mean, you could talk about it for a long time. Yeah. Lots of ways. Maybe didn't live up to the height. Lots of ways, maybe exceeded it. How many Heisman guys end up in the Super Bowl? You know, yeah. so, or win or win league MVP. I think it's a short list. So, um, I think Cam's personality and uh, the way he conducts himself probably hurt him through the years. Like yeah. it's easy to talk trash about him. I know. I know when he was taking the wonder lick and all the stuff at the combine, he came back as disingenuous. You know that he just wasn't a very. I don't. I don't know how he's a, if he's a big great locker room guy. You know. Yeah. But, the kid, like, kid, you're in his camp. You you went there, you spent money, you took the time to get there. Don't disrespect me. Yeah, going he, you're going to spend, your parents are going to spend money to send you to this camp, get you right. in this seven-on-seven tournament, and you're not going to listen to the guy yeah. who's won uh, NFL MVP, been to the Super Bowl, put up a couple good years, not, That's right. not necessarily Hall of Fame numbers, yeah. but has proven that he can be a, Top five quarterback in the NFL yeah, at one it's point. Not, it's not like the Panthers or you know the Kansas City Chiefs. It's yeah, like he's got a ton of weapons around him either. So yeah, and or, then or, or, or Andy Reid is his coach. I mean, you know, yeah, linebacker Ron Rivera, you know, yeah. defensive minded guy. So and I definitely feel like that this year. I feel like this year in New England didn't help much about his football. But I think his off the field got a lot better in New England because he was very positive of talking about Bill Belichick. He said he's the most misunderstood person in football. And I feel like he learned a lot from Bill Belichick in a way like, hey, it's cool if you want to wear the scarf on your head, but there's a certain way you got to go about it if you want to wear the scarf on your head. Uh, Moving on. Do you think the Browns should commit to Baker Mayfield for the next three, five years? Yes, and here's why. Because they've had 119 quarterbacks in the last four years. You know, like, yeah. so you finally got a guy who's winning, and that was a quick turnaround, let's be honest. You know, so. Um, yes, but it also helped that they had somewhat built a team around that's, him. I agree. Like, that is, a, that is a franchise that definitely got some. A good O line. They got good, good defensive players. Good, good weapons. Uh, 
could argue how those weapons click, you know, team-wise. Yeah. But they build a team. Good backs, I mean, Chubb, you know, so they're, I think they're a team built to last, like to yeah. continue to get better. I would absolutely. For the simple reason of this, we are just talking about Cam Newton. I don't know. Cam was a really good player. I don't know how much the Panthers players cried when he left. Whereas Baker seems to be the heart and soul of that team. Yeah. He, he seems to be the vibe. I mean, he really commands uh, the, the players' attention. So for that reason alone, yeah. I mean. Yeah. One thing that I've been saying for a while, though, is that I, I, I like Baker. I think he's what the Browns, what Browns fans need and what the Browns need in yes. general. But I don't think you need to sign him to some Carson Wentz or no, Jared Goff yeah. contract. I think, I, I say this, I think, I, I should rephrase it and say, I hope NFL teams start learning from that. Like, yeah. Let's stop losing our mind like, hey, Carson had three good games. Let's give him 10 years, $670 trillion. Like, <laughs> yeah. People lose their mind over like a, a stretch of a season. Yeah. Like, let's, Let's let, hey, look, we're really happy you took us to the, uh, you know, playoffs, but here's a good contract, you know, yeah. with incentives for more, right? Yeah. Like, make it incentive-based. Uh, yeah. And I talked I talk about this in yesterday's podcast, but baseball does that the most. Yeah. They will, somebody will have a good year and a half, and it'll be 15-year deal, yes. $300 million. Yes. insane, like. The guy batted his weight for five years in the big leagues. Got sent down twice and like, hey, he hit two seventy two last year. Let's give him a hundred million. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, yeah, he, he hit two sixty in the month of October. Like, I mean, they they get really nutty in baseball. Yeah, and I I definitely think with Baker, I think he should take a lower deal so they can keep that team around him. Absolutely, and I think he's the kind of guy that would. I really think. Just uh, that's my gut feeling. Is he's and let's be honest, he's five foot two and at three quarters. I don't five five two weighs as much as Dosa. (laughs) I don't think it's it's not like I just think it makes sense to do that. Like he will, he's a good fit for that reason. It's not like a million teams are beating down the door to get him. Yeah, I mean, like in a trade. So yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I, I this wasn't even on the topic, but I just want to ask you about it real quick. Uh. The Chiefs obviously lost in the Super Bowl, and my personal opinion thinks that that comes around to the way the Chiefs play. Because I haven't seen Patrick Mahomes in the NFL throw a pass, take a three-step drop, throw a quick slant. I've seen him one, two, three, four, five, throw a drag route across the middle. I haven't seen him throw timing routes, and I think you needed that in the Super Bowl because the the pressure was getting there, and they didn't have any timing routes in the playbook. Absolutely. So I just wanted to mention that. I think I think we can let me expound on that. We knew they had O line problems going in. Everybody knew about the starting tackle, but the guard was out. You know, they were definitely beat up. So not making excuses, but there's not a lot of depth in the NFL with fifty two man roster. You know, so you got cross trained O linemen, centers playing tackle, guards playing center. So I think that was a legitimate uh, detail going into it that his O-line was weak, but you're exactly right. He's good at backyard football winging it. You know, yeah, it's just playing off the script. And, and I think Tampa knew exactly what they were doing. You throw the house at him and, and you got weak blocking, and yeah, it's not a good – I think a good OC who had time, extra time to prepare for that yeah. would have taken that they, – they knew the tackle was out two weeks prior. You yeah. Know, and the guard. So 
they should. I agree, and I, I, I'm going to probably piss some people off because there's the big push for more African American head coaches. I always tell people this: if you can win, you you can be purple, green. They don't care. They want to yeah. win in that league. But that, but Eric the Enemy, the old great Colorado running back, he's been a hot topic, the OC in Kansas City for a while for head coaching jobs. I think there's a lot of reasons why he hasn't got one yet, but that's a good game and a good example of what you said. Yeah. He he couldn't they, – they, they had nothing to counter it. Like, they just continued to do what they do, and doing what they do wasn't going to work. Uh, for me personally, I just want to say something real quick. I don't think that's Eric Bienemy's fault because I think with these offensive guys, it, on, it ultimately comes down to, hey, what does Andy Reid want to do? Or yeah. with the Saints, it comes down to hey, well, Sean Payton, what do you want to call it? John Gruden probably has the final say in what play is called yeah, in I'm Las Vegas. Yeah, maybe so. I don't. I don't know enough about those dynamics, but they, whoever, whether it's Bienemy, Reed, or a combo, they just didn't make any changes. They just kept yeah. thinking he could wing it back. And, and honestly, a couple times he did. He hit people in the face and the hands, and yeah, they didn't make plays either. I thought he. I still think Patty with a gimpy ankle or whatever it was, still played lights out and threw the ball well enough. His his guys weren't making plays and. Damn sure wasn't getting time. But, like you said, that's kind of how they play. Yeah. Um, now, moving on, the last thing before we get to the one-hit wonder. Uh, do you think the University of Georgia, go dogs, haven't won a title since 1981? 1980. Since 1980, do you think the Georgia Bulldogs will be in the Final Four, in the playoffs? They should be. There's... I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with, I wouldn't bet on it um, based on the track record. The track record. Do, do they have everything in the recipe to do it? The chocolate chips, the, the depth, everything's there. The defense is solid. They do lose a lot at linebacker, um, but they, they really They got five stars to replace got, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Athens will always be, I know I ramble on about it, an enigma to me because people still go back to the Florida game. Lacount was out. You replaced him with a four star. Like it's not like you just couldn't stop the will route, people. That's not yeah anything. That league does not beat you with coaching. That league beats you with recruiting. They just have better people at the universities across the board. But nobody, Edo and that bunch of. I mean, you're not going to get out coached. So I don't know. The talent is there. Daniels played great. I thought at the end of the year. So you got something there, but. O-line is still shaky at best. Run game is like hit or miss. So I think to be good, you got to be consistent. Yeah. And, you know, the the opener is going to tell a lot because Clemson and them, you know, Clemson's got a new quarterback. Georgia's got a kid who's been playing. That, so I would say toss-up. I still wouldn't give advantage Georgia because yeah. I think that kid, I can't say good. his name. DJ Ukulele. DJ looked really good in his time. I think the defense is getting some – it kind of reminds me of two years ago when everybody wrote Alabama off. They're like, oh, it's over. Bama's, yeah. dude, it's, it's not. And I feel the same way about Clemson. Everybody's ready to, to write them off. But they recruited well. Their coaching staff stays intact for the most part. That opener will be big. I think don't look past a new wacky coach at Auburn. I think Clayton White's defense in South Carolina, you know, you – you play UBA, UAB the week before, maybe you don't, you know, I don't know. It's a, this, you should beat everybody on your schedule. Maybe not Clemson or yeah. up there. 
everybody else you absolutely should beat because you out recruit them, you out facility them, you know, everything. Your coaches yeah. get paid more. Um, that's what makes me really what the word is sick about Athens is there's no reason not to be in the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. even if you lose the opener to Clemson and you walk through the SEC and you got a real tough one against UAB and Charleston Southern, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no reason why they yeah. be in Missouri like Florida's replacing a quarterback. Auburn's you know down. Tennessee may not ever be back. Like South Carolina's replaced. Dude, the more I sit here, I'd be embarrassed. Like if you're a Georgia fan deep down, they're probably scared. They're probably because everything I just named. If we go school by school, there's no reason they shouldn't lose a game yep. after Clemson. And then honestly, talent wise, it's sad that we even say it has to be a toss up on that one because like you have as much talent. Is Clemson so? Yeah. But if you talk to a Georgia fan um, after they've had a few adult beverages, don't know that like they're ten times better than Clemson. Even though Clemson's been five, five or six times to the playoffs, yeah. and that, like they pretend that they're loftier than Clemson. Like you hadn't earned it. You've been there once. You yeah. Know? So well, one thing I I want to point out about uh, Clemson though, and why Georgia might have an edge, so to speak. I think, well, I don't, I don't even know George's offensive coordinator is. If you have a decent offensive coordinator, right? decent to great, Clemson's defense, it's not that hard to figure out. Right. They bring, they're going to bring bring, bring right. eight, drop seven in coverage. Yeah. Bring eight, have nine <laughs> playing nickel, and it does blow your mind. Yeah. And Ohio State pretty much figured out yeah. on Unfortunately, uh, that white linebacker got a targeting call. That uh, didn't really look like a targeting call, I but I don't think that changes the He's game. He's back. That. I read that. He's been there for – I think he played with Bubba Diggs from Butler High School on the '84 team. But Sklarowski <laughs> has been there forever. But, no, he's back. I, I will say this not to make excuses. Your, your front four defense, I think three were true freshmen. So they're going to be good. Yeah. Um, those kids will only get better. You got your mainstay back at linebacker. Like you said, it hurt when he got ejected in that game. So they're going to be – I think you do replace the safety and maybe one corner. But um, defense ought to be better. Offense will be, I think, the Ross kids back that missed a year. Yeah. Wide out. So, um, and then tailbacks, they're, they're loaded. I think there was – there was. I mean, to be honest, ETN to go down as the ACC's all-time lead rusher – he he gave he he split a lot of carries this year. They they ran yeah. out of the back. So that, yeah, that'll be that game really again. I've always said this. Georgia always seems to find a way to get lucky. Like they could lose that game close and still be okay for playoffs. I mean, you know, yeah, what I mean? like uh, SEC championship. Yeah, because there's who really is on that schedule that scares you? No one. Vandy, U- UAB. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> UAB scarier than right. Most of the other teams are going to face. I mean, maybe a Kentucky, but I think they got quarter. They're losing quarterback play. You know what I mean? Yeah. A, I think that was like a fourteen to three game last year. But, but Terry Wilson didn't even play in the last that's year's true. game. So uh, they, yeah, I mean, they got some. I remember they got a couple of transfers. Ohio State kid. I mean, Kentucky finds a way to get transfers every year, but. Yeah, South Carolina's rebuilding. Missouri, I mean, there's no reason why they should lose a game. Yeah. I mean, Charleston Southern's tough. I, I'm telling you, 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 you circle that one. <laughs> uh, it, like, somebody ought to be fired for even allowing that. That's child <laughs> abuse. Like, that is child abuse. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's really, it's laughable. I bet you they're more scared now than they are. Like, 
those are the years they're scared because when they play Bama and people like that, they start making excuses in August. You know, they're like, ah, you know, we're, we're replacing so much. You know, like they know deep down we're not going to beat them. There's no excuse this year. There's only one team that you can – like you better beat Florida. They're replacing their QB. They're recruiting – Pitts. Pitts is gone. I mean, like they're – yeah, I mean, it's not like they were world beaters. I think – hold on. Oklahoma Boomer Sooner just scored again. Like, Florida gave up 200 points in their ball game. Like, 228, I believe. Well, you see, Florida's players weren't yeah. motivated to play yeah. in that oh, game. Yeah. They didn't <laughs> want to be there. It was like Georgia wanted to be in the Texas game. They didn't want to play Cincy. I mean, like, give me a break. SEC people, if they beat you, it's how much better we are. SEC. And if our they, players yeah, did if play. They, if they lose, we don't want to be there. Mullins on there making excuses how we were missing starters. Hey, man, welcome to the club. We played with a backup quarterback all year at State. You know, like, everybody played with COVID hit teams, injuries hit teams. Like, wait a minute, hold on. I just Rattler just hit uh, Williams in the corner. Oklahoma <laughs> just scored again if you're a Florida player. Like, that was disgusting. They, they were dancing midway through the game doing, like, the gator chop, you know, <laughs> Like, I, I think they put a tackle in at quarterback for a series. It was embarrassing. Like, uh, well, stop ragging on Georgia. <laughs> stop ragging on Georgia and Florida. I'll rather just ran in for a touchdown again. Yeah. But, um, so now we're Hold on, I've got to interrupt this podcast. Missouri just called them. They want you to play quarterback. Y'all <laughs> haven't suited up in a while. I mean, like, seriously, who on that schedule... If anybody can call in the show next time and name a – you can look online is what I'm telling you. Name me a, a South Carolina quarterback. You know what I mean? Or a Vanderbilt running back. Like, it, well, Sarah Fuller could probably play true. running back on but that team. Then, I could name one person if a gun was to my head from the Cincinnati Bearcats team <laughs> and they had to pull off some miracles to, you know, to squeak that one out. Like That shouldn't happen. You understand that? You're talking like – Four and five stars against non-ranked players in R. One, one, two one stars. two stars. And, like, occasionally you get a three-star kid. They usually don't even play in those programs. Like, they yeah. don't make it. They don't – like, that shouldn't happen, man. And people will coach it in the right game and the atmosphere. And I don't even think Cincinnati played well. I don't no, feel they like didn't. they played – they played really conservative in the third quarter. You know what I mean? Like like Oklahoma did. They, they, did. they took a page out of the oh, Lincoln-Riley yeah, playbook. It's like – yeah, I mean, so uh, I've never seen a more lucky program. If you talk to them, they're unlucky. Like, I get this rundown from my brother every time on the Rick years, and he goes through the numbers. Had there been a playoff, Georgia would have made it six times. You know, like, it's always like, had there been, and what ifs. Like, I don't know a lot. Now, now I, will, I wouldn't say Rick was unlucky just because – of that story you told me where you guys played Florida State and Rick was the OC and you changed one thing where some dude yeah, we, pretends like he blitzes and he drops yeah. back and Winky through like four interceptions. Seven. Seven. Google it. Seven <laughs> picks. Peter Wart would come in motion. He'd lift his leg. Winky wouldn't look over the defense but once. So we walked up the worst corner in NC State history. I hope you haven't listened. Rodney Red is a friend of mine. Rodney ran a four eight nine flat. DB? DB? Yes. He, I think I beat Rodney one time in practice in a sprint, but Rodney, had to, he wasn't even our starter. He was plugged in for somebody, so we walked him up like he was going to corner blitz, and we took him <laughs> seven times. I think four to that side, the other three were random, you know, downfield bombs, they were late. But we looked back at the film, and they rushed for like 5.2 yards of carry, but Rick was so hell-bent on 
their pro style offense and Winky was gonna he won the height like they aired it all over us and we were just ready yeah. that day. We sacked him fifteen times. I mean it was just a weird game, but if they would have just settled down and ran the ball, who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we won twenty four seven and it was but I I've always told people that's been a flaw of Rick was the X's and O part, you know. I yeah, still, and Rick was really stubborn too, even in his last year, because Fontan Bota played the entire. You beat me to that. I was gonna say Florida just called and uh, wanted to give Coach Rick a thank you note for, but they don't know where he's living these days. Where do we mail this thank you card for Fonta Batu or whatever? Like that was the most bizarre. The kid from Virginia, who I love, you know, once again how people always say ACC stuff. The kid went three and like nineteen in his <laughs> career at Virginia. He couldn't get off the bed. He comes to Georgia. I think he went. He went nine I, and one or something like because he didn't start that. He game. he was he was ten. He's ten and one or eleven and one in right. his career at Georgia. Yeah, I'm like he he didn't play bad at all. He managed the offense well, and I still think there's no rhyme or reason why he didn't play. Yeah. Now. We're getting toward the end of the podcast. John, what is your one-hit wonder, my man? My one-hit wonder is I Wish. It's an old-school dub by the man Skeelo. Yeah. Skeelo. And it reminds me of a lot of people I know. Like, I may work with one. Uh, just a line, like, I wish I was a little bit taller. taller. I, I wish, wish I was a baller. baller. Um, comes to mind, I did hear Drake one time say, he goes, Musicians and rappers love hanging out with athletes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they all want to be an athlete. They're, they're courtside. They know NFL guys, NBA guys. This song reminds me of that. <laughs> I, like, I, I go on, and I was sitting there thinking about it. At first, he has a theme. You know, he's it's all about making all our wacky wishes come true. Hello. I wish I was a little bit tall. I wish I was a baller. A girl who looked good. It's all like, you know, I wish I had a 6'4 Impala. Then all of a sudden, he gets into this Leoshi chick, and he can't let go of it. Uh, a better boyfriend, six foot nine. He's a baller. I mean, he goes on for the next two stanzas of just, it's all about Leoshi. And, oh, and one thing I want to mention, too, in that song is that at the beginning, he, he makes it seem like he can't get a girlfriend. And then later on in the song, he says, right. well, the people from my hood that I know, the girls want to date me. I just say no. That's right. That's right. When it comes to playing basketball, I was always last to be picked. Yes, Stilo, like you're four seven. Um, no, I, I think I inquiring minds. I'll leave you with this on my one head wonder. It's cool because it's one we always know. I wish it was a ball, or I wish because it, it's just the truth. Like at the end of yeah. the day, every guy wishes he was a little taller. Wishes he was a good athlete. That's I still dream of stuff. Like yeah, I wish I could yeah. do this better. But I want to put this out to the fans. If anybody, I've done my research, I'm getting nothing. Can anybody tell me who Leoshi is? Because <laughs> evidently this girl is pretty, she's fine, she's really fine. You know I see you all the time. That's stalker I see <laughs> Like that's basically a confession. Stalker points? Yeah, exactly. Um, everywhere I go, you're in my dreams. Again, I the little away obsessive. I her mind. <laughs> little obsessive, yeah, goes on her obsessive. tall and plays ball. So, uh, so you clearly know her man's playing. So, so I just want to know who Leoshi is, and how she's doing these days, because this was quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, just see how she's aging, and you know she's still with the NBA guy. I'm gonna bet with no. I'm gonna go with they're probably not together still. Yeah. She might be on basketball line. She, she, she might be on keeping up with the Kardashians. That's it. Yeah. Um, 
There are, there are a lot of one-hit wonders. Obviously, you got Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, MC Hammer. Uh, you yeah. can't touch this. Um, here's one for you that I'm surprised you didn't pick. Uh, little Troy, want to be a baller, shot caller. Uh, Children's and I had a dance to it. You've seen it before. <laughs> Yeah, that dance was classic. We, got, we busted that out at many a party. And so, and then another one that you uh, got me into was uh, Player Circle, uh, duff, little Duffel Bag yeah. Boy. Uh, yeah. They're those technically one hit wonder. Yeah, those are good uh, good jams. I just can't get with Yoshi out of that. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm going to go new school since you went old school. I'm going to go with... Uh, my boy Jidenna, he's he shouldn't be a one-hit wonder because he has written multiple songs that have been better than his classic man song, but that's the only one that's gone viral. I think Bambi's a lot better. Uh, he he kind of switched up his music where he went more African and people just don't listen to the African stuff. Yeah. But he's a very good artist. Shouldn't be a one-hit wonder, but I'm going to use him. Jidenna's classic man, and that's going to be mine. Uh, thank Hear, you. Hearing... Uh Baby Shark in there brings another one that I wish <laughs> I wish would have died um, at its inception, but it did not. So, baby, baby Shark's another one hit wonder. I hadn't heard another a, song. There's a lot of dads that want to vomit every time it comes on out there. Hey, here's one that probably uh, for our Bulldog fans, I tend to pound on them a little bit. Rocky Top? Standing up, cheering from September to the 1st of June. Up in Georgia, too. I saw that as a kid on the 1980 tape. The players are sitting around in jacked-up bike shorts. We're out of piano singing. It was really cool as a kid because it was like 1989. I thought, hey, we'll be back. I'm going to call that a one-hit wonder because you ain't been back since 1980. Or even even the Bears' Super Bowl shuffles a one-hit wonder. Yeah, we good. are the best shuffling crew. <laughs> I might be a rookie, but I'm no dumb cookie. <laughs> William Refrigerator Barrett making South Carolina folks. Because uh, the Bears hadn't been back to the Super Bowl since then. <laughs> or no, they did. They, they lost. Lucky got them back. Yep, yep. And Devin Hester was the only Bear who scored in the game. That's right. <laughs> With a kickoff return for a touchdown. <laughs> because the head coach, I can't remember who the head coach of the Colts team was. I think it might have been Tony Dutton. He's like, we going to kick off. <laughs> and Devin Hester said, okay. <laughs> And I enjoyed it. This was fun. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast, man. We appreciate it. And maybe you win the one, one hit wonder contest. Maybe you don't. Maybe somebody finds out who Leoshi is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got the mind spinning. Uh, right, we'll see you next okay. Time. Uh, stay safe, guys. Peace out.